All right, check, 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 check. Let's see if this sounds good and then we'll get rolling with the rest of our show. Entry, yeah. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Diary listeners, welcome. It is now Tuesday, the 29th of August. This is actually the day after my dad's birthday. Lots of birthdays in my family uh, around this time frame. My dream and my hope would be that we one, one year try to do something all together for all the birthdays that are centered around this time. It's not just August. My, um, my brother is September, September 2nd. Actually, a childhood friend that I grew up with for a very long time, her birthday is also September 2nd. So so in, in lieu of birthdays, I'm calling this episode Six Sevens, uh, this entry, this diary entry, Six Sevens. And uh, if you do the math, that means that it equivocates to my birthday and the ultimate answer to the ultimate question per uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> but I'm feeling good, everyone. I wanted this personal gi- diary entry to be uh, just kind of letting you guys know what has been going on for the past. I mean, really, I posted the podcast so late last week that... Um, it, it feels, it doesn't seem like much has happened. Uh, I guess the only thing that I really wanted to uh, examine is I, I feel like I'm, I'm just ready and prepared to take on more, finally. Um, I really want to organize and get some things together. Um, both Rico and I are pretty happy that it seems like fall, at least here in Maryland, is coming very quickly. Uh, the leaves are already starting to come down. I don't know why, but we're just kind of ready for that season to start. Um, it's really good that I'm, I'm ready to take on more because I have several seminars that I am working on right now. I have to get all ferreted out by, uh, October teens uh for paradise tattoo gathering so that's that's been pretty cool uh i also as i announced last last week set up a guest guest spot at at rapture sorry at rapture tattoo emporium in late october i also recently put out on my page some flash some creepy flash uh to break it down i not quite sure how I feel about I, I, I I'm still trying to read the Bible consistently about as much as I can and as much as I uh, can commit to uh, intellectually I have to say that 
I'm, I've been feeling over the past few years, a lot of my vices and I've just really been allowing myself to be honest with them and feel them out and really let them, I guess, exhaust me. I'm kind of a creature that way. Like I, I, I admit that I have vices, but that doesn't stop me from indulging them for a while. So that, that really makes me a, um, a person that's hard to respect even when it comes to myself. And I think that's a lot of the issues that I suffer from is just knowing that I need to change things, but then a failure to launch. And, uh, a 42 is brought about like a new heat. It's very weird. It's much like you feel like with spring cleaning. That's how I feel right now as things are kind of dipping into, I guess the, the fall kind of atmosphere, a lot of things that I need to get done um, and a lot of things that I want to re- re-pick up. Uh, at the start of all of this, uh, I had my parents coming back home. And so last week, that was a lot of what I talked about was was just kind of uh, juggling uh, getting their home life together as I was getting back to my own and and that was that was really cool I was very happy that I was able to do that for my parents as far as what I did for my birthday it was very low-key I didn't I didn't really want anything right away um I don't I don't really want anything except for just maintain status quo and you know uh I I like I like doing weird things. I like doing things that make me feel like an adult. Um, you know, like a lot of people resent having to spend money on practical things or spend their time doing practical things. I think that when I do them now anyway, I just feel this this kind of glow of accomplishment. And I guess that's really what 42 has brought me is just this comfort and this grace. Uh, it's really cool. I don't know how else to describe it unless you're here. I'm sure it'll speak to a lot of your hearts as you listen, if you feel that way. But I just feel like I'm, like I said, ready to take on more. I'm comfortable more and more with the things that I find cumbersome and exhausting. I don't know if I'll ever enjoy uh, uh, doing taxes. I got I got news for y'all. I I just I always find that exasperating, and perhaps I should. Perhaps that's something that nobody should ever feel great about. So right around January, I I, I have to admit I'm really not. Um, I should be happier than I am that there's a new year, but when it's just kind of marred with having to account for the entire year that you had before, literally, and look at everything. I mean, I'm hoping that there will be a point to which I look at that and I really feel the same kind of zing that I feel when I go to a dental appointment or water my plants, which, by the way, leads leads me into um, a random thought. I have managed to uh, get a 
a orchid to re-blossom. It's like the first of my life, guys. It's pretty cool. I have I have now three orchids. Uh, they were all given to me. They're all gifts. They usually are. I don't, I certainly don't, don't buy them for myself, no matter how tantalizing and beautiful they are. It's just when I look at them, I'm like, oh my God, that's beyond me. But I really have made, I don't know if, I don't know if with my ovaries starting to go on the decline, I'm, I'm, I've been joking that I'm, <laughs> I might be with, with the death of my ovaries starting, uh, really starting to gain some knowledge about, uh, how to, how to deal with plants. I know it's not rocket science guys, but it's just something that I haven't had much uh, attention span for. So I've been having that lately and being having a lot more success. I have all these little spider plant babies downstairs that I have to pot after this. Um, I'm really enjoying plants and I'm really, uh, I, I think one of the, the things that I, I kind of don't like about my house, the one that I'm in right now is, uh, I, I love everything about it except for the fact that it doesn't get a lot of light. And, uh, that is a conflict between me and Rico, uh, Rico and I, uh, mostly because he, he likes everything to be very secure and I, I don't know if it's a guy thing just like this cave womish kind of thing I like it to be dark at night but I feel like uh my body craves natural uh biorhythms of of seasonal kind of you know when when you get light when you don't get light and I feel like when it's the winter, you know, everything's telling you like, hey, you know, slow down, uh, reserve your energies, go to bed earlier, eat heartier food, you know, um, you know, keep yourself in shape, but definitely keep yourself uh, understanding of how cold it is and how much uh, daylight you actually have to get things accomplished. And then in the summertime, there's this new energy, you eat less. Or if you do eat, you eat things that are cleaner and, and fresher feeling, more citrus. So I just, I, as, as I've been getting older, I just feel that more and more and more. Um, and, and that was a really fun part about being at my parents' house too, is just uh, being in a place that kind of gave Rico and I uh, a test run of what it feels like to be on a on a mini farm and kind of a lot more land. Definitely the prospectus is, is that there's a lot more gear necessary for that kind of lifestyle. Um, I think I saw a Twitter post of somebody who had said at one point that they, they were, they were feeling tired. They had always lived in a city, but they were feeling tired of that life and that they, they wanted to move out to the country. They really wanted to go someplace where they have a lot of land. And I was, thinking to myself, oh my God, I really, really, really hope that you have taken inventory of a, a very practical assessment of what that is and what that's like and what that will be like. Um, I, I, I find myself, you know, you know, part of the podcast is reporting to you guys personal things, but also trying to give everybody an edge on just insights that I've had and, and laying it all out. 
I I will say I resented this from from people in my life. Uh, I don't know if I resented the information so much as the tact and how much it felt like I had to listen to who was telling me said information. Like if I didn't if I didn't listen to them or I didn't appreciate what they had to say, then somehow some way I didn't love them or I didn't care about them or that I uh, that I was you know, like their ego was getting offended by the fact that I just couldn't have their perspective be a reality. But as somebody who has lived in more rural kind of areas and has dealt a lot with like livestock and and, um, been around these things, you have to be super diligent, very, very on it, um, practical about it. And, and, and not just because, uh, of the obvious, which I think is, you know, you could hurt yourself and everything, but like you get a, in over your head very, very quickly. And anybody who says that it's less expensive is out of their friggin' mind, um, it is not, uh, it just depends on how you view expense and how you like to engineer your life. For the better part of my life, it, it was very, 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 uh, good for me to be in city environments because they are so much more accessible. You have what you need right there. They're relatively cheap. And, um, you know, a lot of education and, you know, just inferences are centered in those places and you can, you can function without typically a car or any kind of big mode of transportation. They usually have public transportation. So those, those means really worked for me for a while. So I kind of get a little panicky when I hear somebody who has lived most of their life in a city be like, oh, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to move out to a rural countryside. I see a cabin in the woods. I'm like, what? I mean, not that you can't, man, but that's a leap. That's a leap. Um, <laughs> I I just recently watched, I remember my mom watching it, and I think it was around when the book was pretty hype, but um, Under the Tuscan Sun, it's a, it's a movie uh, with Diane Lane in it, and my mother, I believe that's who it is, Diane Lane, um, and she actually, in playing that role, was younger than I am now, and uh, I think about the premise, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, I mean, I'd watch, I mean, if you're a chick, I think definitely watch it, I think Rico actually got a kick out of watching it too, it was kind of nice, nice background, uh, movie. I'll say that is in terms of Tuscany, I'd say it it very much so illustrated the vibe and Tuscany is gorgeous. It definitely showed Tuscany. Tuscany uh, was probably my favorite place in Italy. I, I did really enjoy Venice and Florence and all the cities, but Tuscany, is just, it's just epic. It's so beautiful. And, um, so, but within that movie, this woman leaves America and just 
goes to Tuscany and built buys this like really old villa and it's a good story uh it's very outlandish it's very um I think yeah it's very outlandish um there's some scenes that I I found myself just internally kind of if if not externally like going <laughs> Like, that would happen like that. That's not real. Um, but I, I I, kind of am touching on what I'm getting at here is that, like, you know, you can, you can make these things work. I'm not saying that you can't, but I do think that you have to really be at a very, very, very big crossroads in your life and I know that when I've been in those kind of states of mind, much like the character in this film, you basically have this view of get busy living or get busy dying. You know, what is it going to be? Are you going to are you going to keep doing this thing that you've been doing for this long and hearing the same things over and over again and encountering the same kind of, you know, Melba toast kind of experience are you gonna are you gonna keep working it and you're gonna keep pushing and I guess that's that's what I feel right now it's just this uh the sense of pushing which is good because I have a lot of people that are waiting for me and have been probably since 2020 honestly even before 2020 waiting for me to get back at tattooing and my hope is, is that just everybody is what they needed to be after that uh, time in our history, in world history. Uh, excuse me. I do think that a lot of people changed after after 2020. And uh, I hope that when it comes to permanent marks people did what they needed to do and I you know I just I just finished up a a piece that you know I was very happy to work with this client she's awesome she made me all these baked goods they were all of them amazing I I encouraged her to have a vlog of some kind because she's a she's a mom and uh, beautiful and very elegant and um graceful in how she puts things very smart and just phenomenal baker and yeah so I I said you should definitely do this but she waited for me for like two years and you know I don't think that many I mean I don't know honestly I I felt for a long time that my screening process about how people contacted me was honestly the best way for people to actually meet me and work with me because, you know, it kind of qualified them in some way um, and, you know, made them want it. And I, I don't, I think that there's something to be said for that, um, especially if you want, if you want the kind of client that really wants to be part of an artistic journey and they're very serious about 
doing business and getting work done. And I think also you get a more choreographed um, prospect who already likes the look of your stuff and they are, they're willing to wait. And so that was what my, my last, uh, client Kenna was like, she, uh, she had, she had the will and the want, and she was eagerly awaiting hearing from me. And we did a beautiful, uh, cover up for her back piece and, and mimicked very much so the, uh, style of her wedding bouquet and also just her general, vibe and palette and just feel she's got a very beautiful um rich jewel tone kind of like there's lots of depth to her like nothing it's uh, I, I mean I don't know how else to put it but very beautiful and um rich like very rich tones and heavy saturation and that's what we went with and but there's also a, a gracefulness and a delicateness that that we put into her tattoo. It's just very cool. So there's 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 people like that. And then lately, I've been doing something I never do or never did, and was advised not to do. But you know, again, uh, when you have a moment where I guess your heart gets broken. And if, I guess if you're conscientious or try to be or at least take account of potentially what you might have done to get yourself where you were, I think it's good to test all variables. And so the thing that I've been doing lately has been really allowing myself to meet people and gather a clientele that comes from a very organic meeting, uh, you know, face-to-face, FaceTiming. And uh, I, I guess I'm doing that just because I, one, love people. Two, I love educating people. Three, I feel like, I feel like I can, if, if you're already drawn to me, and we're, we're already meeting up front and we're already able to very much so have a back and forth in person. That's a, that's a cool thing because a lot can happen there. You're dealing with somebody who does not, you know, feel the anxiety, I guess, of, um, that, that interaction. And, uh, I, I've, I've noticed that on the other end, as much as, People might be fawning over my work for a long time. I mean, I've had clients that, you know, when sitting before me finally for the first time, they like, I'm, I'm sweating. I'm, I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm nervous. And I'm, and I'm like, uh, you know, to myself, like, why? Why are you nervous? Like, I'm, you know, I, I guess it's a, it is a very big deal, you know, especially if it's your first time getting a tattoo and uh, you don't know where what you're doing or what it, anything is about. So, you know, I guess it could be intimidating. But um, I guess that's what I don't want to be anymore. If ever anybody thought it was 
intimate. It's just so laughable to me because I've heard people say that they were, they were intimidated by me. And I, I don't know how much I can control that from their end. I might, might continually be that way, but I don't, I always want to be approachable. And I actually, I I brought up Jason Stapleton the last time I spoke uh, on the podcast. And I I mentioned how he um, had, you know, basically said that 42 is the average age for people to really get their their side hustle up and going and and really make it into something. And I I just, I, I feel like that average wise is about where I'm at and where my parents were and where a lot of people that I know when they when they really start going with their careers that's that's where they're at i've felt stagnation but by no means am i uh i guess crippled in my my ability to turn the heat up and after i posted that he i, I caught a, a I, I don't know what to call it now uh, a comment on x I guess. I don't know what we're calling them. Elon Musk, uh, what are we calling formerly known as tweets these days? Because they're not tweets anymore because they're not on Twitter. Uh, It's so dumb. Um, (laughs) But I saw a comment on X uh, that Jason had put out and it was basically saying that, you know, no matter how big he gets or how many followers he has, he really hopes that he's always approachable. And uh, I, I want the same, you know, like I, I have a passion for people and I really feel like um, in order for me to really be of the kind of service that I would like to be and the kind of place that I would like to be in this world, I, I really need to be the kind of person who uh, interacts with every type of human. I, uh, I was on next door and I, you know, I, this is, it's, it's next door is <laughs> interesting. I, I find all social media interesting, but next door is very interesting. I mean, you, you have, all kinds of people on there, but I, I, I really feel like you get the, it's weird. It's almost like you get the most political extremes because I feel like there's not, I mean, you're going to have to care about your community, right? Like, so uh, it's a lot of homeowners on there. It's a lot of people who I think are of voting age and, you know, beyond. And a lot of people who have probably been in multiple communities. You lived quite a bit of life that would be on next door. So you, I think you see a lot more uh, fortified opinions. And I had a guy on there. Uh, he was like accusing a bunch of the people that were commenting on my post, which my post, by the way, was just about asking whether or not there were people experiencing random banging on their doors because we were. And I was just seeing if it was local to my neighborhood. Now on next door, it tells you where somebody's located. So anybody who's telling me about the stuff that's like miles away or in another city or 
uh, you know, part of the country. I'm, I'm certainly not going to uh, overly look at them. But anybody that is in my general area and, and you know, very immediate surroundings, I, I want to know. And, you know, my question was answered, like, right away. Basically, yes, it is happening to a lot of people. And uh, it's, I think, a, a TikTok challenge uh, that was going on, which made sense because in my mind, this was definitely, you know, young adults running around bored and doing what unsupervised children do, which is get in trouble and make life more cumbersome for people in ways that they don't fully understand. They're just entertaining themselves. So I had speculation. That's what it was. That really wasn't what I was asking, but that did give an answer to, you know, what was going on and some validation. But like there was, there was this guy that was on there just basically telling people who, you know, went a little further by saying that things are getting pretty bad. And, you know, folks, it's not, it's not wrong to see it that way. It's, it's just your experience. Um, But this guy was just, uh, like, discounting people's feelings, basically, about how threatened they felt in their own homes and and what kind of thoughts and and stuff that they had about what justice is like. Um, You know, I I don't... I I don't think that you can do very much for, uh, you know, an age-old thing that young adults are going to do regardless of TikTok or not or how much technology we have or, you know, all the different variables. I mean, they're young kids and yes, they're doing things that are potentially harmful and and destructive, but, you know, it's kids being kids. Uh, We could all, we could all wager what is and isn't justice. You know, the whole, the whole thing that I really, um, experience was, you know, and, and what I know is that it's so arresting for your peace of mind. I mean, I've lived in the city and I've had cars stolen. I've had attempted break-ins to my home. And so when you understand that, you know, what you, what you have, uh, can very easily not be yours very quickly and how much you set yourself up for, being heartbroken uh, within within that and how your peace can be utterly torn away from you. Uh, you. You know, you set different priorities, I guess, and you kind of arm yourself in different ways. So that's why I really didn't appreciate this guy. But getting back to why I'm bringing this up, you know, he, he just accused me and a bunch of other people of being closed-minded and having a um, fear biased and it was very ridiculous because there was no fear biased it the post was what it was it said hey is this happening and then and then you know hearing that it was happening from other people I didn't mention the ethnicity of the the kid that I saw do what I did but I that that was just for me to like, you know, say that this was the guy involved in my incident. Um, 
and that I could actually approve. There were several incidences that we had where we didn't see the person. So now we have ring cameras up and floodlights and I live in a police state home and my windows are, you know, I want more windows and more light, but you know, I've, (laughs) there's even more incentive to keep them shut now just because, you know, that the outside world, you know, we're, we're so localized to uh, a very suburban kind of atmosphere. And, um, it doesn't really bother me that much, but I think about the people that, you know, can't de-escalate that quickly and that have had a lot of things happen to them and um, a lot of things that weren't even their fault happened to them or that, you know, that they, they're exposed to and it's just really hard for them to come down after their peace has been arrested so, so much and, you know, it doesn't take much. It All it takes is is a kid doing kid things. So basically I, I went back and forth with this guy, but what I told him was like, Hey, you know, I'm not your average bear. And there is no fear expressed in my post. Me, uh, agreeing with people who are all about, you know, fortifying, fortifying my house and doing necessary things to make my, my home more, uh, surveillanced so that potentially this stuff just doesn't happen anymore. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And things have changed, you know, their laws definitely have changed and they change more and more, not really benefiting the homeowner or the person who pays all this money and takes all this time to really, really take care of their stuff and their things and their, their well-being. And, and they, they just keep making excuses for people, people in general, to be delinquent in certain kind of respectful, civil, responsible ways. And that is, that is changing. And, um, you know, I think a lot of it is changing because, you know, people recognize that there's a big prison system that very much so is has become a business more than it has, you know, uh, about justice or an arm of justice. So there, there's lots of different cogs to this issue that you could dive into. But for this man to tell me that I that I lack perspective, I I just was like, dude, or that anybody else that he doesn't know lacks perspective or that is fear mongering. I'm like, no, no, you don't get to say that. That's very arrogant. Maybe you don't feel the same way. That's fine. But you don't get to, to just give a bulk perspective like that. And based on what? And the only thing that he could drudge up was, you know, reported statistics. And I was like, well, pardon me for being cynical, but the, the kind of people who do those kind of statistical analysis are the, are the same kind of people that, that, you know, try to spin narratives to make themselves more and more important bureaucracies and things like that, that try to self-validate and keep themselves in play. 
you know, I, I'm, I'm here on next door asking my neighbors, you know, I'm, I'm willing to look at the people that I actually am surrounded by and hear from them because I'm, I really want to meet people. I'm not landing on statistics, no matter how much you say the statistic is only as valuable as it's going to help me or serve my life. And, uh, you know, <laughs> your statistics can say all you want, but I saw my doors being banged on. So, you know, whatever, whatever you feel about, if that works for you to deescalate how you feel, that's fine. But no amount of statistical evidence is going to calm, calm me after somebody does that. And I also said, you know, I, I work with everybody, dude. Like I get to meet for hours and hours and hours with people of all different age groups, race groups, you know, uh, nationalities. Like I, I've, like I know people, you know, in other countries. It's just, it's it's ridiculous to propose. And I said I'm in a very neutral position as a tattoo artist. I was like, I'm not coming at this from a fear monger point. I'm coming at this from a, hey, I'm a citizen of this neighborhood and this is happening, neighbors. What's going on? So, you know, I, I just to sum that up, I'm with Jason Stapleton and that I want to be approachable. I want to be as middle of the road and at least in my thinking as possible. You know, I, I've recognized that as far as my life, I'm probably above average as far as the blessings, opportunities, and experiences that I've had. Now, I will say that I think that we all cultivate what we bring to us. You know, I've always wanted a very peaceful, very happy, very chill uh, low-key kind of life. And I really just like serving people and being of service. And, you know, I can't, I can't do it but so much. I can't sacrifice myself uh, to uplift someone else because that's going to gas out the whole project really quickly. It's also codependency 101. <laughs> It's like, you know, you can't enable and your ego can't get in the way of uh, the life that you know that you should be living. So, you know, uh, that whole ego thing that I was talking about, I just, I think that the, my sixth, seventh year, or uh, I guess as you could frame it, I'm a whole nother person. Uh, at this point, you know, my body has completely shed every single cellular structure and is a new. So what I have now is my sixth, my sixth body, really. And I'm really looking forward to number seven. I think number seven is going to be very epic. And I want to make sure that it is. I really want to make sure that it is. So maybe that's the heat that I feel. Um, but uh, I guess, uh, not but, and, <laughs> but and, I have uh, a fun, fun uh, little announcement. So there's a, there's a new, there's a new member to 
my f- my family, uh, my very local and close family. Okay. Part of the mission of this podcast is to share really awesome people with all of you. So go check out Eden Health. This is my friend John Simmons' company. Through it, he does acupuncture, nutrition, microneedling, light therapy, but it doesn't stop there, everyone. <laughs> like it's he's he's a wealth of knowledge and I welcome all of you to meet him, go talk to him, reach out to him. You can find him at EdenHealthMD.com. Back to our podcast. My car, uh, my old Hyundai Sonata, a lot, of, a lot of my clients know her because for a long time she only had one door handle and that was on the driver's side and that's like the only door handle that I had for a long time. I actually had to replace that door handle because at at some period of time, every single door handle on that car broke. I don't know if anyone else has had a 2010 Hyundai Sonata, but I, that's what I have, have. And, um, yeah, uh, that was the thing that really, uh, crapped out the fastest, otherwise beautiful car. She, she runs like a dream to this day. Um, but she's an old girl. She has lots of mileage on her, and uh, I've taken her a lot of places. I've trucked, I've trucked her all up and down the East Coast, um, and she's really been a good car. Her name is Willow. Uh, I named her that because the name of the color of the car is Willow Gray, and uh, I just always think of uh, the movie Willow. Again, movie reference if you haven't seen it. You'll probably not find it as awesome as I did when I experienced it as a child, but, you know, Val Kilmer film, probably one to catch so that you know the full array of what he's he's been a part of. It's a good it's good view of of Val Kilmer, too. But yeah, uh, I just think of Willow. (laughs) Once you watch it, you'll know you'll know why I say that. But anyway. So Willow has been getting older. We've had we've had certain incidences that have led us to believe that it's time. And so just yesterday on my dad's birthday, I got a new car. I got a 2021 RAV4 Toyota and I'm very excited. She's a beauty. Uh, I've called her Ash. Uh, which I think is kind of funny because it's, it's, it's kind of, she's her, her name. Well, her name, if I were to follow the whole Willow perspective should be Lunar Rock, but I just, I'm not really, I don't know. Uh, That's might be the name. I don't want to call her Luna though. I will say just today, um, random text came to me, which is kind of interesting life moves in a lot of weird ways, especially if you're, you're paying attention and you're, you know, love signs, which getting back to under the Tuscan sun, there were lots of signs and symbolism and neat, fun things that if you're paying attention and you're really trying to elevate yourself, um, you'd recognize 
But anyway, uh, this random person contacted me today. I was like, hey, long time no see. Could we get lunch together today? And I said, I- I'm really sorry, but it's been so long you're not in my phone anymore. Who is this that's texting me? And it turns out they had the wrong phone number. They were looking for somebody named Kate. But uh, their name was Luna. How weird is that, right? Um, but no, the the car's name is Ash because uh, ev- all of this is uh, potentially a tree. The, the color is more of a sagey kind of green, which it could have as well been sage, but... I, uh, I think sage is, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of played out. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, ash, it just felt right because there was so much heat, uh, around getting this car, so much need to move and this fire. I mean, literally what happened was my aunt, my aunt Barb heard about what I wanted for this car, her and her wife, Jana, uh, heard about this and just right away, as soon as they knew what I was looking for, they found, they found a car like Ash and, um, put me on, put me on the, the sniffer for it. It was right down the road for me. Um, that car actually sold the day that they told me about it. So at that point I knew how fast these cars moved, you know, like they're, it's, it moves fast. And, uh, you know, like, like many things for me, uh, I, I just, I really, I really hate having to buy new stuff. I know some people really enjoy new stuff. I, I don't mind new stuff as long as the old stuff has, you know, like, I I guess as far as like supplies, I'm, I'm more about, but when it comes to equipment, when it comes to like big things, like, I don't know, new roofs. I feel accomplished when I do them, but I loathe, I loathe the very thought of having to work with other people like that. And I guess, I guess that's, I guess that's the, the reason why people sweat when they're in my presence. But I, I guess I'll have everyone know that when it comes to like things that are not permanent, not tattoos, not necessarily, uh, expressions of a person uh, per se I (laughs) I mean I guess they are I guess they are more than I would like to think that they are I think I'm just so eclectic and all over the place that I'm like well you know I can't I can't really be locked into anything more than just being artful and borderline crazy um but you know as far as like cars and roofs and houses and stuff you know it's it doesn't really define a person it's uh it's moment to moment and it's per its practicality I feel more than anything for me and so I guess when things stop working or I have to upgrade them I find this this morning this uh sadness that I have to say goodbye to something that served me for so long and and I, I have to admit that dealing with change has been difficult. Um, I know I'm not alone in that regard, but I, I don't, I always thought I liked change and I always forced myself to change, but 
I think that's just because I'm the type of person who really tries to walk into their fears more than anything and tax them. Now I think I'm just, I'm kind of fine with being me and really trying to define what that is and what my priorities are and going after them with a passion. And uh, so in that vein, uh, getting back to the car, my aunt's my aunts, uh, put me in alignment with this, this car experience. They really, really lit a fire under my ass. And I knew that Willow needed to have be replaced, or at least I needed a new car very soon. I didn't want to be desperate because, you know, the last thing that you want going into a dealership is just reeking of desperation. And my aunts really made sure that I wasn't that way uh, going into it. Uh, financially, I was fine. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be incentivizing for me to open up my books again and get back to work um, because you know I it I could afford it now, but I wouldn't have any extra, and that is not comfortable, and I don't like that. Uh, so. I'll have to really push to uh, to keep Ash happy and healthy and in my life and have the same kind of joy that I have with this purchase. But yeah, I all in one day was able to get approved for a loan, um, not at the dealership, through my bank, my long-term bank. And, uh, you know, the loan was approved within a half hour, which, you know... Uh, young people that's 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 the benefit of having long credit history uh, is you don't need anybody else to co-sign on loans for you and you got this credit history that people can actually look at and I, I would advise you to not mess around with that the dealership was really trying to mess around with that they really wanted to keep paying you my credit and I was adamant that I get something through my bank which I got a really great interest rate. Uh, FYI, it's better, uh, just so y'all know, not to go through the dealership. Uh, they they ping multiple banks to try and find you the best deal on interest, which, you know, I guess if that's what you really need, fine. But for me, that dips my credit score. And I was very adamant that that credit score is really, that's really something I wanted to maintain. Rightly so, too, because get this, my credit score, and I don't feel bad about telling anybody this, I'm proud of it, is 777. And had I let them do any of that, had I not stood firm on like, no, 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 you will not touch my credit score that would have dropped and it would not have been what it was, which, you know, by the way, everybody is a pretty dope credit score. I mean, it's not the best you can have. I mean, if you get in the 800s, you're really doing something awesome. I apparently learned that 900 is as top as you could go, which I, I don't know how anybody has a 900. I guess you're like amazing, but like 900 is brilliant. Um, I certainly don't have that, but I'm very happy with what I have. And it was just all, it was all so such a godsend. Uh, It all moved beautifully. 
when my aunts were telling me about this, mostly my aunt Barb was the one that was not pushy. She was trying to help me, but like, I, I think she knew that I really hated it and she was being very forceful about how quickly I had to move. And I don't like that. I, I hate being rushed. And uh, I really had to just stand firm and be like, you know, if it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. I can only move so fast here. And the truth of the matter is I, I had a whole weekend planned. You know, one thing was my Saturday was booked. Um, it had been booked for a while. Uh, I got to make money in order to spend money, right? Like I can't, I can't just disregard a Saturday. And I knew that all of my Saturdays were pretty much booked up until like, I think October. So I was like, you know, I can't, I can't sacrifice this Saturday and, and cut this person off, not for a car. Um, I, I wouldn't do that. And so I knew that they would be closed on Sunday. I already had planned Sunday. We went to Ren Fair. Which, by the way, uh, we also acquired a beautiful fox pelt, which I I don't know. I forget what the actual uh, fur uh, fur shop is at the Maryland Renaissance Festival, but we're making it a point to always buy some form of taxidermy there. But the fox pelts were unbelievably cheap. Uh, we got this gorgeous, and it's not a small fox, but a gorgeous red fox pelt for $75, and it's stunning. Uh, and I think 75 bucks is just, that's that's pretty epic. Um, I also, by the way, we, we've uh, uh, had to put down a coyote at my parents' place. Uh, this was way earlier in the year, and uh, the, the carcass was pretty much cleaned off, but we just recently finished cleaning off the skull of the coyote. And, uh, I just put together the entire thing. We had to strip it and everything. So just did like, you know, a little taxidermy project and glued the teeth back in <laughs> and, uh, did a little coyote taxidermy. I love taxidermy guys. Like it's kind of a weird thing, but I guess that's, that's where I'm at right now. It's just this, this beautiful, relationship with life and death right now and feeling a lot of warmth and solace within all of it and finding a lot of grace and beauty and so that's what you know getting back to my uh my flash sheet that I'm putting out for the end of October really hoping some people will acquire some of the flash. I think it'd be really cool. Um, so far I have a number of pieces there that are all kind of like creepy, uh, beautiful flash, um, that I think you could easily wear for a multitude of reasons. Uh, but I'm putting it out for like October and getting back to what I was kind of getting to is it's, it's an interesting thing because as a uh, new follower of Christ, uh, the, the recognition of Halloween is interesting. It's, it's, it's always been my favorite. Well, Thanksgiving, I think, is my favorite holiday. But Halloween was like my second favorite. And I will say that it was probably mostly my favorite when I was like in my 
late teens, early 20s. It's it's different once you're an adult. Um, parties are cool, but but at the same time, you know, you, you just kind of like, eh. I actually, at this point in my life, really like the idea of just walking with other parents and, you know, if, if, if they're taking their kid trick-or-treating, just walking with other parents and watching the kids all dress up or helping the kids dress up and stuff. I think that would be really cool, but it's a different, it's a different vibe. And, um, I also don't really want to call upon anything that is, uh, at all leaning in a, in a demonic or satanic vibe. Uh, so that's tricky when you're going to Halloween because a lot of it is implying the uh, scaring away evil spirits kind of thing and uh, recognizing that there's evil spirits. You know, I, I do recognize that, uh, obviously, because I don't really want to invoke anything. Uh, I, and, and more than evoking anything, I, I really don't want to be a party to people permanently marking their skin in that way willy-nilly you know i i'm i'm saying all this because i want to share what the what the inspiration was for these pieces and i'm hoping that much like the other forms and ways that i've acquired clients uh as i was talking about earlier that this will have a very particular catch for people and the people that see it will really jive with the personality of the artwork and and really match the artwork well and uh, I, I made a point of being very specific about how I uh, tackled it and, and and then the biggest thing that I wanted to bring to it was like creepy you know kind of creepy and life and death or death centered uh, you know as far as like just like the dying of things uh, the next sheet that I do, uh, I, I want, again, just the blend between nature and, uh, the dying of things, fall, going into winter, you know, like just that feeling of, of, I, I guess, I guess just, uh, the seasonal end is what I'm, I'm going to be going after. And I guess if you're the type of person, you know, you always see, you always see these memes out, or at least I do, of where, like, people are like, summer's not even over yet, and I'm already decorating for Halloween. And I think that that, that reaches a lot of people's hearts, especially if they're into tattooing. Um, just, like, they kind of live life a little bit more that way consistently. And I, as I'm probably in the second half of my life now, um, you know, I could only hope. I'd love to live past a hundred. That would be cool as shit. But like, you know, uh, in all, in all, in all likelihood, you know, I'd, I'd be content with, you know, mid to late eighties checking out of this world. Uh, that's pretty average in, in my genetics between my dad and my mom, how, how old people kind of get to. So, you know, I'd love that. Um, but yeah, as I'm in the later part of my life, that's really what I'm focusing on. And uh, there will be another heat. There's going to be some cool artwork. I'm not giving up on calligraphy or um, 
or on wood carving. I'm really excited about both of those things, really integrating them moving forward. It's just the beginning for them. I got some really awesome, besides ash, just so you guys know, I got some beautiful gifts for my birthday from my parents. There's this gorgeous necklace that I got that my, my parents acquired along their trip. And then my mom bought me this beautiful jacket. Now, I have been kind of nasty about how many jackets I've gotten from my mother. It is a lot. I do have a lot of jackets. <laughs> but they're all kind of the same. And um, this one wasn't. This one... It reminded me of a bomber jacket that my mom had uh, while I was growing up that was gorgeous. It's, it was like this beautiful, like, yellowy leather, and it was just a stunning jacket, and uh, I, I think I stole it from her for, at one point. She got it back, but this jacket was gorgeous, and, and the jacket that she bought me recently is very similar to it, and, and it fits me. Uh, everybody was worried about whether or not it would fit me, and it fits me beautifully, and I'd like to get in shape and have it fit me even better and actually uh, show it off even better than I do now, but it fits me well and it's really my style and I, I'm, I'm digging it a lot. So I got that and she got me a couple bottles of wine. Uh, Rico doesn't drink wine. He actually is like, I guess one of few Italians that can't palate it. It gives him heartburn. So I got wine and they're really cool. It's a uh, wild bill and calamity Jane wine, which my mom makes no claim to being good. She's like, I, I don't even know if this is good wine. Rico got a beautiful knife from my dad that was uh, refashioned from a file. So it's this gorgeous, very hardy knife that he probably used for skinning animals again with the hunting and fishing. And that's the other thing that's coming. White teal season is coming. So that's something that Rico is very much so looking forward to. Maybe that's something I should do. I'm going to PA, so maybe I should do like something with hunters, you know, that's, that's a neat, it just came to me. This is a neat thought that might be really cool, you know, like just kind of tip on the whole whitetail hunting seasons coming probably should, should give some things like that. That would be kind of cool going into uh PA, which is big, big hunter country. And, uh, and that season is coming. So it might be something to, to really comment on. And, uh, yeah, I just, just, I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised that I was able to talk for an hour, guys. <laughs> I was thinking this is going to be a short podcast. I don't, I have a lot to report nothing particularly, uh, I like how everything connected. It usually does. Uh, my, my mind just going crazy. There's, but there is a lot of connections. So in essence, I guess in wrap up, uh, the sixth, seventh year means that I am finding new grace, really finding some peace. Uh, things are growing and birthing all around me in ways that I can truly appreciate them and just give so much gratitude. And so, I mean, it's just remarkable. Ooh, and something I forgot to mention. This just recently happened this morning. I don't know how it happened, but 
uh, I wasn't friends with my ex Adam and I'm fairly certain that I didn't defriend him or unfriend him. I don't know what happened, but we weren't friends for a second and I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Um, I'm fairly certain I did not unfriend him. I don't think I did. And he friend requested me two days ago and I don't know if it was like in the middle of my birthday, but um, he was probably the longest, yeah, he was the longest relationship I've had. We were together for eight years and uh, you know, I, I really have nothing against Adam. We just weren't each other's people. Like we didn't bring out the best in each other at all. He, he's a really good person. I just think that, that we just really made each other feel very bad. And I'm not entirely sure why that is. It's just, I just don't think the, the entire, I think we were meant to meet. I think we were meant to invoke each other and put each other in a a very particular vein of living and pushing and uh, I'm very grateful for him but basically we're friends now again on Facebook which is cool and uh, him and his wife uh, he's been married now for a minute him and his wife are doing some really cool things and I'm, I'm happy to see that a lot of his dreams that he had while with me, are now coming true with this new person. Um, And I can't say that more sincerely. You know, I guess, I guess, uh, yeah, that was probably like, I broke up with him, I'll admit it. So it's a lot easier for me because I had closure and, you know, I I was ready. I don't think he was, um, but it was time. And it was just, it was, I just don't think it was going to get any better. Uh, And I say that because I was having panic attacks, which by the way, I saw another really good movie called The All Nighter. Uh, And it's, it's pretty good. Uh, It's a good guy movie, uh, actually. So I definitely, definitely watch that called the all-nighter and i believe i i found it on prime i've been watching some interesting movies lately not necessarily all that i could say are great um i saw puppy love recently too that one's wildly weird but a cute love story and very very nice towards the end and if you're a dog person you're gonna absolutely adore it um obviously but yeah i I found a a point, and I think this is important past 2020, because it gives me a lot of hope that with time and just moving on and really taking responsibility for what I want in my life, for my life, past the heartbreak, that I will find an immense amount of forgiveness much more than I even feel right now, which I feel forgiveness for everything that happened at that point. And more and more my heart is mending in ways that are very beautiful and very cool. But, 
you know, like the only thing that I can critique ever about Adam is just we just weren't each other's person. And I don't, you know, I think we really, both of us held on wanting so badly to just have a relationship that was normal and do what everybody does, you know, and then just move on to the next thing. Like, you know, you meet a person, you know, you get married, you buy buy property, you, you know, and normal people have kids, but, you know, that was never going to be me. And, uh, I guess the only critique that I could ever have about him is I feel like he, I, I, I feel like that was a hope of his that somehow, some way that I would change or that I would, I don't know. But in, in reality, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just not, I mean, I, this is how I feel. I'm just not as cool as he is. Or I, I don't, I don't like those kind of things as much. I'm pretty boring and pretty nerdy in a lot of ways that just are very dissimilar to him. But in, in essence right now, he apparently is doing a lot of electronic uh, inspection for space space devices outer space and he's doing a lot of scuba diving which i think is brilliant and awesome uh his wife is a photographer and and the photos that they are getting together as a as a couple i mean it's a power couple it's it's super cool and i kind of knew she was the one the first time this is before they were married i saw it when I ran into them at Ren Fair, and it's so funny because I just went to Ren Fair the other day, and it, it it was amazing to run into them there, and he was so happy, and I, I guess you'd have to know me to know this is true, but you know I really loved Adam. But I didn't love him in the way that you should love your forever person. I loved him because I, I thought he was a really good guy. And I've loved a lot of people like that. But, you know, you have to find the right match in this world. You have to find the person that that accelerates and brings more into your existence. And you have to lean into that. And you have to do so in a very almost like selfish way. And I just never was that. But as soon as I saw him, her name's Mary Ella, his wife. As soon as I saw them together, the joy that, like, they had together was just awesome. And I've heard it from other people with me and Rico. I mean, Rico and I have a very interesting argumentative relationship that I think only I could probably have. But it's very cute, and people recognize how much we love and care for each other. Like they, they see it and I think they see how much he's changed me and changed me for the better. And I think it's the same when it comes down to him and me, like on the other end. And it shouldn't be one-sided, you know, it shouldn't be just one person improves and the other person just stagnates you know that's how you know you have codependency is like one person shining 
and the other person just isn't and then there's just nothing but resentment and then eventually there's just nothing but resentment so you know that's a goal for me now is just to like always be real always I mean I'm I'll, I'll always be the type of person that just is very honest but I think for Rico and I we really appreciate that about each other and there's that joy that joy in each other this this endearment that goes beyond even just goes beyond the things that we resent at times and we just always come back to the love and uh yeah I I don't even know if I was capable of that honestly when I met Adam I think I was so much I like I said I think that I had to learn that still I think I really I think I just had a lot of fierceness for life and a lot that I was trying to prove for myself that it, it, it was kind of impossible to be a partner. And I guess that's where I feel bad is that I know I did that and I can accept a lot more of a critique of myself, I guess, in terms of that. Um, but the bottom line is we just weren't each other's people. It's just what didn't work. So I guess, you know, I guess that's a good point to wrap it up is that, uh, I'm really happy to be here. 42 was a very cool birthday. Uh, just to let you guys know, I spent it pretty much cleaning my house because <laughs> I had so much left undone here at my own home uh, when I was at my parents' house that I had to just, I had to get it back together really quickly. And uh, I just really needed to clean this entire house. I, I, it was such a gift to be back with my cats. They're my babies. Uh, I love them so much. Um, so sleeping with them is very joyous and, um, you know, being in my own bed, I, I changed all the sheets in the house. So everything's fresh and, uh, you know, touching base with all of my plants that I've been working with. Uh, I have my little spider plant babies. Like I said, that's my next point of action. And, uh, the beautiful gifts that I got that were perfect that I am just, so grateful and over the moon for I can't find an ounce of criticism I'm just super grateful stepped up to the plate and I have an adult car and uh, she is the ash from the fire that was lit under my butt and uh, yeah I, I spent the other half of my birthday looking at photos that my parents had as uh, about their trip and it, it was fantastic uh, from what I can tell from you guys is that uh, this country is stunning uh, America is stunning I I will say this that uh, about Adam he was talking about traveling and traveling a lot I highly recommend the same I think travel has made me always a better person and, you know, definitely more able to go head to toe with P 
people on next door who would like to think that I am of closed mind and perspective. <laughs> but yeah, uh, definitely travel, but don't negate this country. Um, I can say that I've, I've only had a brief period in a car, um, trekking from Tahoe, which Tahoe, Tahoe is incredible, just Tahoe, but going from Tahoe to Las Vegas was so stunning. Um, and we wish we would have had more time to like spend certain places, but getting out of that car and some of the, the sights that we saw and pictures that we took this, this country is phenomenally beautiful. And then I'm looking at pictures that that Adam and his wife have taken and places that they've gone. Again, just so happy for them because, you know, Adam always wanted to swim with sharks and there's pictures of him with black tip, sh- black tip sharks. And, uh, you know, he, he's been to a few different countries now. Uh, he got married, I think, in Ireland, so that's really cool. He wanted that. If we were going to get married, he that's where he wanted to get married, so he was able to do that with Mariella, which is appropriate, and they looked beautiful, and it was gorgeous. But yeah, like, travel folks, but but I, I will say that, like, I'm so happy that my parents were able to make that trip, you know, in their lifetime, they still got a lot of energy about them as people. I hope they're able to do more. I really hope they do more. I hope this is one of many trips that they think to do. I know Rico and I want to go out to Montana, like wicked bad now. And Wyoming, too. I want to check out Wyoming. And my mom said South Dakota is really dope, too. So probably have to do surges once in my life. Met a really cool... um, couple cats at Ren Fair that were neat throw-ins, uh, Lenny and Lance. And Lenny had been all over the globe. He had traveled with uh, either the government or the military. I think it was the military. And he's a photographer, so he's gone all over. Um, I guess that's what you get when you're a photographer, is this ability to go everywhere. I don't know. But it's just never been something I've been really wildly into. I enjoy it, but I'm not wildly into it. But I do love being in places and I love experiencing mornings and the energy of certain places. And I love the, the wanderlust of it all, which incidentally, if, yeah, I guess wrapping it here, if you guys haven't, um, if you haven't read or listened to the fourth turning, uh, that'll be my my book recommendation at the end of this this entry. The fourth turning is really cool. I actually got to listen to it again because it's a lot of information. But it basically breaks down history as you would seasons, and apparently the the generation that I was born to, and what you call people within the turning that I was born to, the season that I was born to, were considered the nomads. And it's very interesting because I'd say that's very on point, uh, this nomadic thing uh, and this lack of attachment. And I think this very multi-point perspective outlook 
And uh, the next generation is going to be very cool because they're going to be very heroic and, and very honor bound and um, more traditional than, um, than has been for a while. So that's going to be cool. Very, very cool. But the fourth turning is, is really, really a highly recommended book. Um, very rich in, it, it mostly focuses in American history, um, but very rich in history and, uh, brings up stuff that I think if you're within my age range, if you're in, in the six, seven range, uh, you didn't get a lot of this history. You know, I think we learn, we learn about a few, like 50 years past, like that's kind of what we learn about. And then we don't learn much about before then just in like bullet points, but at least I didn't, or I didn't take it in. I'm not sure, but you know, you, you learn a lot about wars and, and points of view and different happenings that might not have been a heavy focus in school. So I would, I would recommend it for anyone. With that being said, diary listeners, I'm going to wrap this. I hope everybody has a very blessed week. Thank you for tuning in as always. Um, the one thing that I want to announce is I, I, I have made the decision that Tuesday evenings is going to be where I look to get a podcast out now. That's a, that's a gift that I'm giving to myself upon turning 42 as well. Uh, I, I need to be rational and, uh, it's just seeming like Monday is a little too quick and coming too closely to my day of rest and spiritual renewal that I really need just a solid day of reflection. And then, um, you know, Tuesday seems like a good day and evening evening is definitely, uh, more practical than early in the morning. And I, if it isn't a personal diary entry, I think I can get it out sooner, but you know, then I have to actually meet with people and record. So yeah. Uh, but as far as personal diary entries, I think that, uh, Tuesday evening is, is going to be where I'm setting, setting the standard. And I, for whatever reason, 8 PM seems great. Maybe it should be 7 PM Tuesday at seven. Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do Tuesday at 7. Um, do weeks tip... This is weird. Um, maybe y'all can answer this for me if you listen to the podcast. Do weeks start at Sunday or Monday? Because, like, I think work weeks start Monday. But I think traditionally speaking, Sunday's the start of the week. Am I wrong or right? But I would really love it if Tuesday was considered the third day of the week. And then we booked, like, we posted the podcast at 7 p.m. I'm going to make that a regular thing. So Tuesday, technically, per the Apprenticeship Diaries, this is my invocation. If it is not already that way, Tuesday will be considered the third day of the week. Starting the week with a spiritual renewal on Sunday and then 7 p.m. will be when I look to post the podcast from here on out. I really do want to make that dedication from here on out. 
uh, one more announcement. I'm really excited because I want to get my acupuncturist, uh, one of them, on the podcast. He's such a cool dude, but uh, there's a lot of fun happenings for him too. So John Simmons, look out for him. He's going to be on the podcast soon. I love you listeners. Uh, Thank you for indulging that very long exit. I I hope I've given you all something to think about, feel about, uh, search in your hearts and your minds this week. May it uplift you and make you better. Uh, Shine, shine on. And uh, if there's going to be residue, let it be the kind of ash that uh, that I have now. This beautiful car. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.